0: Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Today
1: is episode number one hundred and sixty. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy lives, or part of your commute, tuning in and letting us share these stories with you. It means so much to us that you would take that time to be part of this. So our guests today are Julie and Andrew, who together are the Disney Dinks, not Julie Andrews, but in my book, they are just as good. If you are someone who you had, if you want to have a multifaceted project, so maybe you want to have a shop and you want to have content, or maybe on the content side, you want to have a different couple of different kinds between social media and video and maybe a podcast, whatever it might be, trying to balance all of these different wings or arms of your project and make them part of one cohesive brand can be really challenging. It's something that Catherine and I challenge, are challenged with quite often. But Julie and Andrew have found such a wonderful way of tying everything together, making sure that it all fits, making sure that it's always bringing value to their audience, and I think that's the most important part. So, hope you guys enjoy this one. I'll go ahead and turn it over to them, where they're going to introduce themselves, and they'll tell the one random fact that we may not know about them from social media. Thanks for listening.
0: All right. Well, hey, guys. Thanks for having us on.
1: Uh, I'm Julie,
0: part one of thedisneydinks.com.
2: Yep. I'm Andrew. And uh, I don't have a good... I'm trying to think... What we try to do our best to kind of be as open as we can on our blog, we didn't at the beginning, but I think as we've as the years have gone by, we've tried to be more and more open. So we try not to, there's not too many things that we don't share with everybody.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of a fun fact.
2: Yeah,
0: I don't know, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I guess one fun fact is like you didn't really go to the parks until. That's true. Me. So that's kind of like you developed your love for Disney later.
2: Yeah, that's a surprise to most people. I didn't go till we got engaged. And that was only about 13 years ago. So mm-hmm. I wasn't a lifelong Disney guy growing up. It just kind of came as I got older.
1: I will share a random fact about you guys. I don't know why I remember this, but this has stuck with <laughs> me. You posted once about I think you were doing like meal prep or something. And then you made it all and then you forgot to put it in the fridge or something, right? I think okay. you shared yeah. about that one. <laughs> I did that, didn't
2: I? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I forgot about that. I pack all my lunches and I make them quite a bit, you know, was, all at once. I think that was my first move. Yeah. So, right after we moved here, I made a bunch of lunches um, just because it's easier for me to make a ton of lunches all at once and take them to work. And I cooked them all. And I think I went to bed and I left them all on the counter. And I woke up the next morning, and there were probably a dozen or so lunches that were no
1: longer good. Yeah. <laughs> did the cats get into so, them? That's the real question.
2: They did not. They were in their Tupperware containers ready to be put in the freezer. They just never made it that far.
1: Oh, okay. So that would have been our cat. Mm. would be like oh, knocking them off. She would have off. ate all of them, yeah. Yeah. She would have found <laughs> any way to get those open so mm-hmm. that she could indulge. Yeah.
2: Awesome. I'm also, sure ours went up and, started, and were looking around. Um, they just, uh, couldn't get into them, thankfully.
3: Yeah. But that, that lays a good foundation. So we already know a little bit about your Disney story, Andrew, so you can start first. So what exactly is your Disney story and how did it evolve over time?
2: So I had gone back in college for a quick trip. It wasn't really, for some reason, I just, it wasn't really my thing. I just kind of went, did a couple rides and left. Uh, but Julie and I had been dating for a few years and her family was going to take a trip to Disney and they invited me along. So it just so happened that it was a perfect time to, that I thought to propose. Um, so we ended up going down spending a week in Disney. I proposed pretty early in the trip and it was that trip. I just absolutely fell in love with everything Disney specifically park related. Um, and ever since that, for some reason something clicked and I just love reading and trying to absorb everything I can about the parks and Disney and pretty much everything. Yeah. So that's how
0: mine got going. Yeah. And then uh, when I was growing up, my family went pretty often. So Disney was a huge part yeah. of my life, um, part of my family's life. And then I had actually – I had always said I wanted a Disney World wedding since I was seven. Um, so it was kind of perfect that – yeah, I think I think just the fact that you proposed there, and we spent time like it kind of became magical, and then that became a part of our story. So I think we just kind of kind of grew with more yeah. love for Disney and associated it with our relationship. So
1: good deal. So we've got to hear where did you propose in Disney? We got to hear that story. And so did you end up get married? Getting married in the parks as well?
2: Yeah. So proposal. I- when I walked in, I wasn't familiar with the park. I knew there was a castle. That was about it. So I actually didn't know where I was going to propose when we walked into the park. So I was kind of looking around and I, I saw this quiet little place on the side. So we ended up walking around. At, um, I did it at the wishing well. So it just happened to be nobody around. We got a, um, her brother got a really neat picture of it. So that's kind of cool. And it was just a perfect day as well. So and then, yeah, we did get married at uh, Disney almost a year later. Exactly. Uh, at the wedding
1: pavilion. Ooh, nice. Wow,
3: what a dream. That is so fun.
1: <laughs> we were like a year and three days off of our day, right? Yeah, that we were we pretty engaged. close too. That's
2: exactly what we were, a year was, and three days. It was like the 15th and the 18th yep. or something. January wow.
1: 15th, January
3: 18th. Uh, fun. That's, oh, that's funny.
1: <laughs> so great. So I think that lays a wonderful foundation so we know kind of where your passion and where your love for the parks and for Disney comes from. So how did that lead into the Disney Dinks? Kind of what conversations took place to get it off the ground? Where did the inspiration come from? And how has it evolved over time?
0: Yeah, so I think, um, you know, when it started, you know, a lot of people ask us, they're like, well, you know, what is Dink? Is that your last name? Or, or you know, um, but it's an acronym that stands for Dual Income, No Kids. Um, so we had gotten to a point in our life uh you know, we'd always kind of we, – we'd definitely become those Disney pros to a lot of people. Like, people would ask us questions about the parks or um, run Disney and stuff like that. Um, but then we we also got to this point where all of our friends started having kids. Um, and, yeah, and we were kind of like, oh, man, like, our social life is gone. And we need to figure out, like, what we're doing with our life. And And I think initially our blog was going to be kind of more of a personal thing, kind mm-hmm. of – um, you know, we love Disney and that's what we'll call ourselves, but um, you know, let's tell our stories. But I think it I don't know, I think we got to like a better place with it quicker than we thought. So mm-hmm. then it really became more of like a Disney focused vlog and yeah. less about like our
2: daily life. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah.
3: I like that. I think it's funny because Our friends started with that acronym. So we are familiar with the dual income, no kids thing, but I could see how that could be confusing, (laughs) but it's a very clever name and it definitely goes with like everything that you blog about and talk about. So it's very, I like that it all matches up together.
1: Yeah. We need a Dinks Club. We'll, we'll be your first sign up. (laughs) There you go. Pass
0: the list over.
1: (laughs) For sure. So you talked about how it started as a blog and then, of course, now we know, of course, you're on all kinds of social media and then you also have the shop. So kind of fill in that gap for us and kind of what are the pieces there that that helped it evolve and help it grow?
0: Oh, I'm trying to think. Um, our our blog actually started kind of slowly, I think. we I feel like we always had these grand ideas, like, oh, we have all this stuff to talk about let's get some pictures. Let's write about it. And then it was always, Oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. And then like, it would uh, like, time would go by and then it wouldn't be relevant. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, we were definitely always getting our movie reviews out, but not really covering the content. So I think it was, I want to say 2017 when we're like, okay, people like what we have to say Mm -hmm. and we're really feeling passionate. So I think that's when we're like, let's get serious and, and start a schedule. Um, So I think around that time, too, we're like, what else do we need to do? Um, So started with other social accounts and stuff. Mm -hmm.
2: Yep. We started we just started pushing everything pretty hard as far Mm -hmm. as, hey, we need, you know, like you said, we were just sort of doing it on the side. And then we decided, hey, you know, we've gotten a lot to do a lot of cool things. Let's write about it. You know, we started real hard when we I think we spent some time in Disneyland and Alani and we said, let's write about this. It's really cool. A lot of people seem to have questions about that. Mm -hmm. So we started writing on it. We just got on a good roll. Um, and then we just, we got into a good rhythm. We were putting stuff out regularly. Um, and then the shop came along later, um, you know, Julie being a designer, she said, Hey, you know, some of the t-shirts we didn't like, or, you know, what's out there just, especially if you're spending $40 on a t-shirt, you know, we had a designer here. So Julie, um, sat down designed a couple shirts. Some people liked them. So we decided to, you know, start a shop. Mm-hmm. So it's just something fun we do on the side. Yeah.
0: You know. Well, then our initial goal with the shop was for also uh, pilots and paws. Yeah. So that's, we're, we're trying to figure out what to do with that. Um, just since moving, mm-hmm. we don't have the connection to the flying club anymore. Yeah. Um, but we used to do some pet rescues. So we're like, and that's
2: what the shop was for to these raise money together
0: and raise yep. money. And yeah. So yeah. we still put way more money into the pet rescues than we ever made off t shirts though. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, it shows that your heart is in the right place. Yeah. For sure. Uh, could you explain a little bit more about that? Because I remember, so for our listeners, we had lunch with Julie and Andrew in Epcot one day in the China Pavilion, and we got to hear about this. And I think our listeners would love to hear about kind of what that looked like where you were helping these pets.
2: So I'd always want to be a pilot as a kid. Um, I got my pilot's license back in college. Um, ended up not being a professional pilot, but I still like doing it on the side. And I was always looking for reasons to go fly places I'd never been. Um, so a couple years ago, I came across, I think it was a flyer that said, hey, um, we're looking for people to just fly animals around. A lot of times their rescues maybe from a natural disaster, like a hurricane, like the Carolinas the last couple of years. Um, or there was uh, one where someone in West Virginia had hoarded probably 20 some odd huskies. And they were just looking for a way to move them to move into places that could be adopted. So basically, you just sign up and say, hey, I can do this route. Um, and we'd go fly, pick up the animals and take them somewhere else. Um, and it was a really neat uh, way to just fly places we'd never been before um, and to do some good. You know, it was really cool when you land. Um, you know, these people are very appreciative of what you're doing. Um, again, it all came out of our pocket, but we love doing it. And it was just a, it was kind of a way that we could give back as, you know, that's a little bit different. Um, and since I had the skill set, I figured it was it was a good use of it.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's definitely not something that most people (laughs) can Mm -hmm. do. So you went to Julie whenever you would make the flights? Oh, yeah. Official co-pilot that doesn't know much about flying, but
0: (laughs) I'd pet (laughs) the dogs in the back.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was nice to have someone else to help with the the animals in the back, uh, the dogs or the cats. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I would imagine that could get a little noisy. Hopefully they enjoyed their flight experience. But (laughs) um, yeah, I'm excited to see kind of now that you're laying some found work in florida see you know what the next evolution of that will be so that'll be really fun so i want to talk about your shop really quick because to me one of the biggest thing that stands out is that it's not forced at all so if you read your blog content you kind of hear both of your voices and hear how you experience the parks and things that you're passionate about and things that you enjoy transitioning over to the shop you see those same themes you see you know that it's not a design that's a money grab or anything like that. It's things that like you experience daily in the parks or you are really excited about. So I just think that's a really great way to approach that. And is that kind of how you went about doing the designs, just trying to bring some of these ideas that you had in your head to life?
0: Yeah, I think um, for me, you know, we looked at a lot of shops and I think there's, you know, there's a lot of familiar looking stuff on Etsy, Um, you know, people come with, come up with the cute phrases and, and word lockups and a lot of places will be similar. So we, we definitely wanted to do designs that may be a little different. I mean, at the end of the day, it's tough to do just because, you know, there's only, there's tons of Disney content, but then, you know, there are some similar ones, but, uh, but also just our style too. Like, you know, our logo is pretty simplistic, uh, modern looking. So we wanted to have our, our designs in line with that. So they're, you know, not full screen illustrated ones, but they're not just simple text either. It's kind of like that, that balance of, you know, but some different styles. So yeah, yeah, I just wanted a conclusion that different people would like and different color options. And yeah.
1: Yeah. And I appreciate that because, you know, it seems like almost everybody has a shot nowadays and I love that people go after that. And, and you know, that's a dream that they pursue. But there is, you know, sometimes you'll look across a shop and, you know, it's the same phrase that you've seen a hundred different times on a hundred different pieces of apparel. And it's taking it a step further. It's making things that are applicable to you and your fandom. So I think that's pretty great.
3: I think that's always a good plan. But since you do so many different things, so between like the social media and the blogging and the shop, which one do you like best? And how would you suggest that someone else kind of handles that when, you know, they maybe have one part of their project that they want to continue to evolve while still adding value to the other things that they're working on? Yeah, it's,
0: it's tough, because I feel like so many um, tie into each other. Like I, a lot of our Instagram grids, you know, we we carefully think of you know, how will this whole wall look together? Um, you know, let's have consistent uh, like a theme of images, but then like, let's say, you know, we have a few images for star Wars and then we're doing some blogs about star Wars. It's like timing that with when we think the blog's coming out and when we can post to Instagram. Um, that's where most of our audience is. So like Facebook and Pinterest kind of come after that. Um, But sometimes it's, it's, it's one or the other. Like sometimes it's more important to figure out what we're putting on Instagram versus other times it's more important to be driven by what do we need to get on the blog? And sometimes that's because we have like a hard deadline for something. Like Mm -hmm. we know we have to post this article. So that's going to dictate what Instagram is. Otherwise, sometimes it's like, well, we have to post these things to Instagram. So let's put something else on the blog that isn't as heavily tied. So for us, I don't know. I guess we're still figuring that out Mm -hmm. how to like juggle it all. And some, we always sit down and it's, Kind of like playing Tetris sometimes. Yeah. Okay, what what due date for this? And
1: yeah.
2: yeah, relevancy. Yeah,
1: but. yeah. I mean, what I hear from that is it sounds like priorities drive your task list, and so I think that's a really great approach as people are figuring these things out instead of just spending times on the things that are the most fun or the easiest or you know whatever it might be. You're sitting down. You're thinking hard about your priorities and your deadlines and figuring out you know all right what are we going to do two weeks from now three weeks from now whatever that time frame is. And honestly, that's something that we should adapt as well because right now we're very short sighted and you you know, mm-hmm. you just we're just trail still trying to figure out what we're doing tomorrow instead of, <laughs> you know, looking further out. But I think anybody who is trying to put more on their plate, thinking about what the priorities are is probably a great way of looking at it. Yeah. So next thing that Catherine and I were talking about it before doing our research. Something that we find so impressive about you guys is your boldness and willingness to be able to put yourself out there, especially for brands or products, or in this case, a restaurant that we're talking about, that you're a big fan of, that you're a raving fan of. And instead of you know just blasting it on social media, I think it's wonderful that you found ways to take it a step further and find ways that both the brand or the product that you're going to work with And yourself can create this mutually beneficial partnership to be able to do things like sponsorships, like, you know, paid ads, whatever it might be that anybody's looking towards. So I think that's probably a daunting task for a lot of people. Can you give any advice on how do you do that? How do you nurture that relationship and point out that, hey, even if we don't have 100,000 followers, there's still something to be gained on both sides from something like this?
2: So I, I I think that we have done a pretty good job of being able to work with people that we're passionate about. It's always easier. You put out a better product if you're passionate about who you're working with or what, you know, what the product is or anything like that. So luckily we've worked with folks that we really like, you know, you mentioned, I think Wine Bar, Jordan, we've had a couple other ones too, um, that we really enjoy going repeatedly. And so it, I think it makes it easier Mm -hmm. for us. I think our content's better for it. Um, when it's something that we really enjoy.
0: Well, and I mean, we get, people will contact us for stuff that just doesn't mm-hmm. align. So right. I think we've learned, you know, you'll see some pages out there where it's like product, product, product. And there's you're just like, what is this? Yeah. Um, where I think, you know, we definitely want it to be something that we care about.
2: Right. Yeah. We have looked at things and said, you know, no thanks just because we didn't feel like, we weren't passionate about it, and and in that instance, we feel we wouldn't be able to give our best mm-hmm. if it's not something we're passionate about. So that's one. That's another reason, or that's yeah. another way we select on, you know, who we work with. Yeah.
0: and then I would say to get started, because I'm sure, like that's where a lot of people are wondering. Um, we we left out in Maryland. We've been working with Disney Studios for a while, so we um, got on the list to go to screenings. So that was always something that we'd done is um, movie reviews. And then, so you just like, you need to start somewhere. Um, so I know like another early brand we worked with was Lillian and co the jewelry brand. Um, you know, they reached out They're they're wonderful to work with. Um, and then I think, you know, you just start somewhere and then you start growing. And what we really found over time is there's, you know, there's accounts that have tons of followers and and there's some brands that are like, Oh, we only want to work with, you know, an Instagrammer that has, a bajillion followers you're not worth our time whereas you'll find the other brands that they value all of us like micro influencers mm-hmm. um and what a lot have found too is you know one of those bigger brands may just be like oh well i'll do this post for you and really it has like a 24 hour life if you if you're looking at mm-hmm. it like the the, the sure. bulk of it and then it's you know it's there but not really where you know we provide a whole package where There's the whole blog article and then, you know, people are Google searching a couple years down the line and they still come back to that article. Um, It's on Pinterest. It's, you know, we, we want to make sure if we're doing something that we're providing, you know, really great uh, in-depth writing, good photography that's been edited, Mm -hmm. um, you know, SEO words, you know, just we found that people are really grateful to work with us because we'll give so much um, even if we don't have that huge following, but someone with a huge following may not give them as much, attention. Mm -hmm. So.
3: Yeah, I think that's really encouraging, because I feel like there's probably a lot of people who when they start out and are maybe looking for partners like that, they probably have that misconception that they have to be some kind of mega, like Insta famous person. And I think that's really refreshing to know that if you are willing to put in like that good quality work that you're talking about, that there are people who want to work with you and find the value in that. So I think that's good advice just to, A, start with, you know, products or groups that you are passionate about and then see if there's something that can be mutually beneficial.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and and also, I think just just trying and putting yourself out there. Because I think some people are like, oh, I, I'm, you know, I don't have enough followers. I can't even reach out. But you just, you never know. Yep. Like, we've definitely had things where we're like, you know what, let's just try it and shoot them an email. And then it's like, oh, wow, I'm going to work with them now. Yep. Like, so just, you know, keep, you'll get some no's, but you know, it's worth it to keep trying and then the right, the right brand partnership will happen. For sure.
1: so. Yeah. I mean, and it seems obvious, but the word that probably was said more than anything during that discussion was passion. So things that you're passionate about. So I think that's something that really needs to hit home with people that there has to be that connection, whether it's subconscious or whether it's glaringly obvious, people will realize if it's something that you truly care about. If you're truly trying to help the other side of this or if you're trying to get free products or you're trying to do X, Y, or Z, whatever it is, people sniff that out. But if you have that passion, it is 100% genuine and it makes sense to everybody involved.
3: Yeah, I agree. So the last thing that we are super excited to talk about um, because I feel like it's every Disney... Lovers Dream, you recently made a big move, so you moved from Maryland to the Orlando area. How's that been? Do you have any advice, regrets, stories? What could we learn from you in that big move? <laughs> Ooh,
2: no regrets. We've been here about a little over five months now. Absolutely love it. Um, it, it was. We'd like to say we, could, we wish you had done it earlier, but it just so happened that things lined up and it was the perfect timing for it. Um, but I definitely don't have any regrets. Um, we have become very popular with friends and family though, because <laughs> we've had more visitors in the last, since we've moved than we've ever had before. Yeah. So that's one thing. I, so, but any advice? Um, I don't know.
0: I think, um, you know, I think it was funny because Orlando was actually, we, had we were, um, talking to. Yeah, we were doing some like goal planning and it actually came up that our five year plan was, you know, we'd like to move further South, you know, whether it's Orlando or just at least somewhere a little closer, like maybe in the Carolinas mm-hmm. and then everything blew up within like a couple months. Yep. Um. So, so it's, yeah, it, can, it it's a big thing to move across the country, but if someone's really passionate about it, it's, you know, you can find a way, a way to do it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely hard. It's been, it's been a really awesome year, but it's been a hard year too. Yeah. Um, you know, just trying to find a balance and, and all the things, you know, selling house, buying house. Yeah,
2: <laughs> We do have to pace ourselves, you know, yeah. especially when we first moved here, we actually purposely didn't get our annual pass for about a month because we wanted to make sure that we had, we did the things that we had to do <laughs> instead of just dropping the boxes and going. <laughs> so that was one thing yeah. we made sure to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we'll admit we're still trying to find the balance of, you know, we really want to go to the parks, but, you know. This is home, so there's you know, you do have things you have to do. Um so we're still working that balance out. Yeah.
0: And we're so trained in vacation mode yeah. that it's we're trying to learn that balance of you know, being a local. Like we don't have to cram everything into one day yep. and yeah. Yeah.
1: So. so here's my question for you.
0: <laughs>
1: do you find yourself going to Magic Kingdom the least out of the four parks because you can't park right at the gate? <laughs>
2: So I'm not sure we can answer that question accurately, and the reason being is because we ended up getting the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party Pass.
1: Oh.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. I mean, that's a given. So we, you had to. Yeah, They basically yeah, we forced went, your I hand. Think,
2: yeah, I think we went like eight or nine times. Yeah. So if you take those out, we've probably actually been to Epcot more than Magic yeah. Kingdom. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah
0: it's so. been a lot of Magic Kingdom time. Right. I'm, I'm ready for for a break. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I asked that just because that's a conversation that we've had when we happen to have a car down there. We're riding with Catherine's sister. Just the process of having to go to the TTC and then choose your mode of transportation over there is just exhausting. When you can drive, it be like 500 yards from the front gate mm-hmm. at any of the other parks. Yeah. So I just, especially keep... with
2: the construction going around, um, with the with the trams not dropping you off as close as they used to at the TTC. So even if you've gotten on the tram and you get off, you still have a walk, and there's all the walls. So
0: we do get a lot of steps, though. We do, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, last time we were staying at the Polynesian, so we just walked to the TTC most every time, mm-hmm. and every time you'd see the people got off the tram and they looked so defeated because you could tell they were so disappointed that it maybe took them. A quarter mile,
3: if, if <laughs> that. Yeah,
1: it's like
2: <laughs> I'm not sure we've taken the tram at Magic Kingdom.
0: No, we just walk.
2: Yeah, we just walk every time. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. So other than that, you talked about how it's transitioned a little bit of how you experience the parks. Have you noticed any change in your blogs or your Instagram or any, things like that? Do things come easier, inspiration, or do you have to work for them harder? Anything kind of changing it on the content side?
2: Actually. I have, I have something cool that we learned our first time at food and wine this year and the way we sort of do Instagram. So we were at food and wine the first time we went this year and what we were doing is every time we eat something, we'd take a picture of it and we'd write like eh, six or seven words, a quick blurb of what we thought and that was it. And we just did that, tried to change it up. Well, we turned out that people absolutely love that. Um, instead of watching a the video, they can just take a quick, they can take look at it real quick and just move on. And they get to see a picture of it and all that. I thought that was kind of cool mm-hmm. to, to, to know that there's different ways that people like seeing content. And we just, we just kind of stumbled upon it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's cool to get more feedback. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I think from a content perspective, it's, it's been overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, just because there's been so much and I feel like our, you know, our, our partnerships are growing and our, our access to the park and the events that go on—it's—it's it's been.
2: We actually now have more content than we, than we thought we could, you know. So that's where scheduling becomes even more important. Uh, yeah. Because we have plenty of content now, we have to figure out okay, what's the best way to put it out? We don't want to inundate folks with just one subject. So we have to—we've learned how to space it out a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and kind of just picking more specialized things. I think mm-hmm. it—you know—when we used to come down for a regular trip. It'd be like, oh, you know, let's cover something like the party Um, where now I feel like we're kind of exploring different things. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, like fireworks, cruises and um, things we never had time for before. Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, And it's so funny that you mentioned that because that ties into two things I was thinking about. Our friends Sarah and Jeff, who we both know from Adult and Disney, they talked about how I think it is their blog post about the fireworks crews in, the, in Magic Kingdom or in the whatever, Seven Seas Lagoon. Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, that that's like their most popular blog post by a long shot. And who would have ever predicted something right. like that, that until you get into that and you start doing those more specialized things – you you don't know what people are going to like that. You can try to predict it as much as you can, but you got to put it out there and see what happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And actually one quick note on that. It was funny. We, we've also noticed over time, sometimes we'll do a blog post and it won't really have an initial um, audience. Like we'll be like, oh man, this one's not performing very well. But then funny enough, it like more of the obscure ones, like Vero beach, all of a sudden it's now has Google traffic and it's, it ranks higher yeah. on the page because there's not much your Beach content out there. So that's kind of cool too, is when you have something like a blog that lives for a while, yep. um, people will continuously find it even when it's not fresh, yeah. it, but it's still relevant.
1: So, mm-hmm. yep. We have an old blog that we don't even maintain anymore, <laughs> and we have an Elani post on there, and then I have it set up to send me the reports automatically, and I still haven't turned them off. And it'll be like, all right, this month we got. 2000 views on it's like what like we're not we're not even maintaining this website anymore like how so it's just it's so random and it's so hard to predict but that's a good problem to have to be at the parks and be able to experience those more obscure things and and see what takes off Yeah. yeah well good deal so we have loved this conversation so far it has been so much fun learning more about everything that you guys do so we're going to transition now. We're going to play the Fast fast round because we've got to get to know more about your Disney fandom. So we're going to throw out these topics. And if you can just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind so our listeners can get to know your fandom better. All right. Yes. Okay.
3: So the first one's easy. Just name the Disney parks that you visited.
1: So we've been to
2: Disneyland, obviously Walt Disney World. And then this past summer we made it to Disneyland Paris.
3: Ooh. So. That's yeah. definitely on our bucket list.
1: Yep. So I know you guys have been to Vero. Have you been to Hilton Head as well?
2: We finally made it this year. Hurricanes canceled it the last two years. We finally made it this year. We really like
1: that. Yep. Gotcha. So, and you said you've been to Alani as well. So you're getting yes. all the DVC ones as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, of the parks that you have visited, which individual one is your favorite and why?
2: So I would say let's – I'll frame it differently. If I can only visit one park for the rest of my life, it might be Disneyland Paris. Yeah. Wow. That park is amazing. Um, some of the rides that, you know, exist at all the parks, they have, in my opinion, the best version of. Um, I would probably say that,
1: yeah.
3: Wow. okay.
1: Yeah. I think that's a first. I don't think we ever had a Disneyland Paris.
3: No, we haven't. I don't know what my what my perk would
0: be. I always loved Epcot. Like my whole life, I was always like, Epcot, Epcot. Um, but I don't know how I feel right now about Epcot.
3: <laughs> Too much change? I to
0: see, yeah, I have to see how everything kind of works out with yeah. it.
3: So. so pending Epcot. Yeah. To be determined.
1: <laughs> I will say the little bottleneck that they put you into right now is like my living nightmare.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, to get out.
1: So next one on the list would be your favorite Disney resort. And it doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at.
2: Oh. A so Lonnie. mine would be a Lonnie. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> hands down. But if you're talking at one at a park, let's <laughs> say at a park.
0: That's true. I feel like you can't compare that to Yeah.
2: A they're a little bit different. I would say Grand Californian. I really like Grand Californian.
0: Yeah. I think my heart always has Grand Floridian too. Though. Yeah. A lot of romantic nostalgia there. Oh. oh
3: well, yeah, you can't beat that. Since you got married there, that's—I <laughs> mean, that's like a given. Yeah, that's a good one, though. So the next one—if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Right now, probably
0: Flight of Passage.
2: Actually, that might be mine as well. That that ride, that attraction is amazing.
0: Yeah,
1: it is one that you can ride. Over and over again, and you notice something new every single time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And even just like if you turn and you watch other people ride it, that's just as entertaining. Like if you yeah, find someone that you can maybe tell it's their first time riding it, insane. Yeah. Mind-blowing. <laughs> yep. Like those answers. Next one, sticking with rides and attractions, which ride or attraction do you think is due for an exit or refurbishment from the parks?
2: Um, I will... I'll give a weird answer. I want I want the old Soren back. Not a fan of the new one. I absolutely love the old one. The over California.
1: Yeah. I do miss a lot of the Soren over California scenes. Like the one where the golf ball comes at you is a classic. Like you everybody always remembers that.
3: Oh yeah. And I feel like a lot of people since they brought back the Soren over California for a little bit. At DCA. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people were back on that bandwagon for sure, sure.
1: yeah
0: mm-hmm.
3: i think it's a more authentic flying experience yeah that's I mean, probably why you are all about it
0: yeah
2: this the new one just seems kind of like a, a sightseeing a tour yeah.
0: that's true yeah.
1: oh yeah i didn't even think about that the like, california makes more sense to, like you're actually mm-hmm. you could
3: actually do that
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, learning something new
3: so the next one which land or area brings you the most inspiration
0: I feel like for me, I, I always love Fantasyland. And I think that's just because since I was little, that was always my favorite. And I, you know, growing up with all those movies and, and just fantasy and princess, um, I think it takes me back to that place. And I think just a lot of the original design, too. Like just knowing that, you know, Mary Blair worked on Small World and, you know, Walt was a part of a lot of those rides. I think for me, that's where I'm like, you know, that's iconic, vintage, true Disney.
2: I'm going to cheat a little bit and say mo- pretty much all of Animal Kingdom. And the reason being is because I find Animal Kingdom to be the most relaxing of the four parks. No matter how many people are in there, you can always kind of find a spot that's a little bit quieter. Um, it just seems like a slower-paced park. And I think I just like that kind of atmosphere.
1: You're speaking Catherine's language.
3: Big Animal Kingdom fan. <laughs> yeah. Everything about it.
1: So, Julie mm-hmm. – of uh, I guess so. You've been to three fantasy lands, including Paris. Which one is the best one, in your opinion?
0: I think Paris is the most beautiful, for sure. Um, I think Disneyland. Oh, I don't know. I feel like, well, because Disneyland has Alice and Mr. Toad. Yeah, I I feel like my heart's like in the old Disneyland, Mm -hmm. California.
1: Yeah, when we were in, I I was enjoying Fantasyland when we were in Disneyland, but then when we were in the queue for Alice, and it was nighttime, and you were looking out over the Mad Tea Party, and all the lanterns were lit up, I was like, this is the perfect scene. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't capture this with a camera, you can't do it at all, like, this is the perfect spot.
3: Yeah. I agree with that. Yep. So... What would be your favorite snack or a go-to snack in the parks?
2: So I just actually – we went – we did this uh, in Star Wars Land, the new Galaxy's Edge, I guess. They have a Ronto roaster that I absolutely loved, which surprised me because I didn't think I'd like it. I absolutely loved it.
0: Yeah. I guess for classic Disney – oh, go ahead. Oh,
1: Sorry. sorry, sorry. Was it the lunch one or the breakfast one? Oh, lunch one. Gotcha. We had breakfast. Not not a huge fan.
3: I just thought it was a little Ooh. weird to eat like a hot dog for breakfast.
1: We should have had the lunch one.
3: Yeah, that's what it felt like yeah, to me. Yeah, lunch was
1: good. Sorry, yeah, Julie. lunch was
3: good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh no, it's okay. Um, I I mean I'm a sucker for classic Disney treats. I mean, give me something Mickey shaped, and I'm super happy. Mickey ice cream bar. Mm-hmm. And I do eat a fair bit of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Do you find now that your locals you eat less Disney snacks or do you still go for the snacks when you're there?
0: Yeah, I think I think we do I do think we do less snacks cuz I yeah. think you know before it used to be a treat. Oh, we're only here, you know, we've we've got to get the Mickey Rice Krispie treats to take home. Take a bunch of like yeah. piece. We're now it's you know, it's there at any point. Now mm-hmm. the popcorn is a very economical choice. Yes. So With those $2 refills, I feel like that's probably what we eat the most
1: of now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that Uh, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So sticking with food, what is your favorite table service and favorite quick service restaurants? Hmm. In the park,
2: I like um, – I really like Brown Derby. Yeah, that's probably my favorite. Yeah. We ate there once and it was amazing. Um, quick serves. I don't know.
0: I, I like, um, more of the quick serve in Epcot. Like I really like Morocco. Yeah. Being able good. to get like, um, kebabs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, rather than just like a burger
1: yeah. or
0: something. Um, yeah. And then just, yeah, a lot of, a lot of restaurants at the resorts, mm-hmm. um, are actually Tippin's. I think Tippin's would be my choice in
3: Animal Kingdom. Yeah. That was an amazing meal.
1: Yeah, we still haven't been there.
3: No, that's definitely on our list of places to go.
1: Yeah. So next one would be your favorite Disney movie.
0: I like Enchanted.
1: Oh, I don't think we've ever had that one either.
3: No.
0: I'm like the only person who says that's my (laughs) favorite (laughs) movie.
3: Ooh,
2: it would probably have to be, I love the Pirates movies, but if I had to pick one, it's probably the first one. Curse of the Black, the Black Pearl.
0: Ooh. That's, that's a, a good, good one choice.
1: too yeah I was gonna say nobody said that, but I think Roderick said that Roderick loves pirates so yeah
3: oh, yeah, yeah we might have gotten that one before yep yeah. so the next one would be your favorite Disney quote
2: holy
0: moly <laughs> um, I think I mean well the oh my gosh I should know the one on the back of our business card um adults are just kids grown up anyway because I feel like that's that's our mantra
2: that is pretty much how we live yeah I do like that one yeah, that's a good one.
3: We can very much relate to that. For sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: So very last question. I'm going to throw two things out. Sorry. Your favorite Disney Parks memory, you can't say your proposal or your marriage.
2: So I have one that when we, so we had been in Disney World multiple times and I'd never been to Disneyland. Um, and my first trip to Disneyland, we were running the Disneyland half marathon. And like on mile three or four, you've already run through California adventure and you run out in between the parks and then you run right to the front gates of Disneyland. So running down main street of Disneyland, the park wasn't open, but that was my first time ever in a park, you know, that Walt had been. And even though it was the race, I was in the park and that was a really cool moment.
1: Yeah. I'm sad that they don't do races there anymore.
0: Mm -mm. I know. Uh, Maybe one day they'll bring them back. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say my favorite was when we got pixie dusted in animal kingdom. Yeah. So there was a day that we were walking, um, over by the safari and these two cast members came up and I had a happy birthday button on like, Oh, happy birthday. And then all of a sudden they're like, do you want to come with us on a private safari? And we were like, what? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So they're, they're the same crew that runs the, um, those longer excursions like uh, the Africa trek, you know, mm-hmm. they just had, um, so, so yeah. So they took us out for a little bit on our own little truck and stopped and, you know, told us more details about the elephants. And it was uh, funny because cool. all those safaris going by were like, Ooh, who are these like famous people? Yeah, getting their <laughs> um, own safari. So that was really fun. That was cool. That was, that was one of those like
3: wow moments that you can't even mm-hmm. replicate.
1: So yeah. that's awesome. I would love that.
3: I know that's seriously like a dream just yeah. to be able to do. I would even just love to do like the Africa trek that we'd have to pay for, but free private tour on your birthday. That's what dreams are made of.
1: Yeah.
2: I do have one more actually that we did. Uh, speaking of tour. Oh, okay. We did the tour in Disneyland. I can't remember what they call it.
0: Walking and Waltz uh, Walk
2: footsteps. footsteps. And we didn't know this until the end, but they part of the tour was we got to go up into his apartment above the firehouse. That was really cool too, actually. That was really mm-hmm. neat
1: yeah mm. yeah yep. was it it was phil right that his son sat i guess there's like a chair looking out the window or something mm-hmm. and uh our friend phil who does the ear to their travel podcast said that he turned his back and his son climbed up and sat in the chair.
3: Yeah, just like oh, right wow. after they made the comment like, no one sat in yeah. this chair Oops. since Wall, and then his son's just like <laughs> sitting there and he's like, ugh. Oh, no.
1: But what a wonderful wow. memory. I mean, not that we're mm-hmm. condoning that, but I mean, you'll always remember that.
3: That's true. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's what I'll look for whenever we do that tour eventually. Yeah. is The chair. The chair where Phil's son sat. so our very last question for you guys is if you can give a one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump into this community either as a content creator or maybe they want to open up their own shop what would be your advice to that person
0: Hmm. I would say I think you know the Disney community is awesome I feel like the more people we meet um, the more relationships we have and, and sometimes that's what it's all about you never know when so and so we'll introduce you to this person that, um, you know, I think, I think that's just a good way to kind of think about things. Um, and just, I mean, a lot of this creative content development is is a lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. So once again, it comes down to passion. Like you have to make sure it's, you know, something you really like doing and no one is getting into blogging to, you know, make a ton of money just overnight real quick. It's definitely a um, right. a journey.
2: yeah you have to enjoy it you can't you you should go in with the passion that you really are you know you really want to do this um and we're passionate about what we write about too we choose things that we know we're really gonna enjoy writing about um so yeah yeah
0: and just if if you enjoy it just uh you know keep keep going yeah a lot of people get hung up on numbers and stuff but If you stay at it, it's just going to continually grow. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, a year from now, you'll look back and be like, wow, look how far that we've come. Mm -hmm. So,
1: yeah, that's all excellent advice. So, I thank you guys so much for sharing that. I know probably somebody needed to hear that. So, I appreciate you guys putting that out there for them. So, thank you guys so much for this interview. It's been so much fun getting to learn more about your project. Um, So, if you can remind our listeners where they can connect with you guys online.
0: Yep. So our website is thedisneydinks.com. D-I-N-K-S. Um, and then that's basically our handle from for most mm-hmm. of our social Instagram is at thedisneydinks. Uh, Facebook is thedisneydinks. Mm-hmm. Pinterest, thedisneydinks. Yeah. yeah. So I guess we snagged up all the, the names. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Very easy to remember, but that's good. People like easy. So. Like Brendan said, we're really happy that we could finally make this work since it feels like forever since we actually sat down and met in Epcot. But it was a lot of fun catching back up, and we're excited to see what else you guys do in the future.
0: Yeah, you Great. guys too. Yeah. Thank you Thanks for having so us. much for having us. This was fun. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland.
1: Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.